Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that won't be skipping any bowl games. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. Today, we are going to preview the first 15 games of bowl season, uh, but first... A lot of news to get to some some big hires in the last week oregon hired georgia defensive coordinator dan lanning to be their next head coach ryan what do you think well i mean let me preface this by saying he could end up doing a very good job <laughs> that's uh, we have to every single hire we you yeah. have to there's an implicit <laughs> put that preface in. of that yes. yes or it could go but horribly I ha- exactly i and i have to and but my opinion is i don't like it um uh, he did do a good job as a defense coordinator, George. I'm not going to deny that. Although Kirby Smart has uh, quite a hand in that defense, no doubt about it, and bringing in the talent. Um, I just think it's too early. Okay, he hasn't really had a lot of paying his due moments, uh, and I think it's I've, I like the same thing I felt for Marcus Freeman. Just thought that was a little early. He has no connections to Oregon, really the West Coast in general. Was at Arizona State for a brief time. Um, I don't know. I felt like they could have gone with the guys a little more proven, a little over a longer period of time. It's been a head coach before. Um, Oregon's such a great job that I, you know, entrusting it to Dan Lanning, not my, not my cup of tea. Well, and it's kind of surprising because from what we've heard, we don't know it as a fact, but Lanning obviously wasn't the number one guy, but they might've had to go down. Who knows how far down the list they had to go there. We know about some guys that maybe potentially declined the hire, but I agree. It's a little underwhelming. Um, it's risky, but there is upside potential. I mean, he is a top 10 recruiter, according to uh, 24-7. Like you said, though, Ryan, not necessarily all on the West Coast, but it, it's kind of funny how Oregon has shifted from kind of that pure offense, offensive coaching schemes to kind of offensive line with Cristobal and now defense. So we'll see where they fall. Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm, I'm not quite as negative as Ryan, but uh, but it's a risk. Yeah, it's there's high upside because if he's his, he's young, he's got energy, he's a great recruiter, like you said. But yeah, pretty pretty unproven. So we'll see. But Trey, you brought up the the fact that it was reportedly someone turned it down. Justin Wilcox, multiple reports that the job could have been his, and he said no. And that is just that's crazy to hear. Justin Wilcox, of course, the the head coach at Cal, who has it has not gone well there overall. He has some legitimate excuses with how the the covid uh restrictions in berkeley have impacted him the last couple of years but but still it's it's not like he's a a clear candidate for other big jobs um so no, his surprise. name wasn't mentioned at, yeah at all no he, he it was... he's if he's closer to the hot seat than he is to getting a, a big time job so it's surprising that he would say no i would love to know more about that and and how or why that yeah. happened baffling get, he'll get a pay raise uh, and just i mean Oregon just seems like a better fit or situation, obviously. So, like, what? That's weird. Very weird. Uh, okay. Uh, next, we got Virginia hiring former Clemson offensive coordinator Tony Elliott. Well, I'll just say I have I have no idea. He's been mentioned. <laughs> uh, he's been mentioned for jobs the last couple of years, and then and then he ends up taking a gig the year that Clemson has its worst season in you know forever. Yeah. It seems, especially on offense. Um, I mean, there is, it sounds like Armstrong is going to stay there for him, so we'll be able to see in year one, really, if he can keep the, the train on the tracks and, and hopefully build. Yeah, that'll really help for him. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, you know, with Tony Elliott, like, uh, yeah, coming off this year wasn't the best year for it. But if you just rewound a year and they, they hired him, people would look at it as a, in a lot more like, okay, this is actually pretty good. He, he had paid his dues. He had been at Clemson for a long time, learned under Dabo Sweeney. So, you know, maybe he's learned how to run the program the right way. I, I kind of like the hire. I think he'll he'll you know he knows what he's gonna what he's doing. And I think he'll do a good job recruiting, bringing in talent, and he'll he'll hire I think some of the right guys. And um, I'm thinking he might do a more a little more of the the CEO typeish role that uh, Dabo's been doing. He's uh, you brought up the 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 good big point for me is that he's he's known as a great recruiter. So I I always love that when hiring hiring a new head coach. So yeah, it was it was time for him to get a job, and you know we'll see if it works out. Uh, Duke hired Texas A&M defensive coordinator Mike Elko and you know he's been a a great defensive coordinator everywhere he's been he was at Wake for a few years so of course he he knows the general area area knows the ACC but for me this is kind of just like landing in Elliott in that he's never been a head coach before so we'll see how it goes I don't really have any strong thoughts on it it's not like Duke you're expecting them to get a grand slam hire so I think Elko makes sense. Yeah, I like Elko. I think he's done a great job. He's been a long, a good defense coordinator for a long time. Um, I like it, but it's just such a tough situation at Duke, man. I don't know if he's good enough to overcome that. That's the thing is it's a hard one to judge because he could be decent, but Duke is just such an incredibly difficult place to win. So, But I hope he, I hope he breaks through. Okay, moving on to a couple G5 hires. Nevada hired Ken Wilson, Oregon inside linebackers coach, to replace Jay Norvell. And this is just kind of a, a going back to uh, to what you know. He, he spent most of his career at Nevada under Chris Alt, who was very successful there, and of course gave him. Uh, um, you know, Chris Alt was is, is kind of still involved at Nevada, and they take his advice. So I think that's was a big part of him getting the job. And you know, it it, it makes sense. He um, went off to the Pac-12 after Nevada, coached at Washington State and Oregon. So geographically, makes sense. I you know I don't have m- many thoughts other than that I was yeah. I had to look up Ken Wilson and his resume before yeah you totally. know, before yeah. this episode it's not someone I'm hey. familiar with hey they've had a good run at Nevada so you know maybe you can keep it going uh, all right the next hire we have is somebody <laughs> yeah someone else got hired yeah someone else got hired yes Mike McIntyre got hired at Florida International. Just came to my head. There we go. Yes, Mike McIntyre, <laughs> the former Colorado head coach who's been uh, the defensive coordinator at Memphis uh, the past couple seasons, which hasn't exactly gone super well. Um, no. So just kind of an interesting hire for for Florida International. I, he's actually born was born down there in Miami. Um, I don't think he stayed there too long, but there is some ties with his with his dad to the area. And I don't know. Just a, It's a whatever hire. You know, all right. Yeah, I guess they they like going for the the guys yeah. who used to be big names in the in yeah, the Butch Davis, coaching industry. Yeah. Butch Davis followed by McIntyre. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, let's get to some transfer portal news. We we'll have in the off season. We'll talk a lot about transfers. I'm sure we'll have a whole episode devoted to that, if not more. Yeah. Um, but for now, just quick thoughts on some big moves. Quinn Ewers, the number one one overall recruit last year, quarterback is transferring away from Ohio State. He got his NIL money there. Now he's going back to Texas uh, under Steve Sarkeesian, getting some more NIL money for sure. Uh, what do you what do you think about that move? I mean, Sark, he obviously needed a win of some sort uh, given the failures that they had at the end of the season. So now he's got at least a, a recruiting one. And 
he really wants to be able to, to identify a potential QB one. So maybe he's got it in yours. Yeah. After kind of the shuffling of Thompson and card and the, the bad ending seems like Ewers would have a, a pretty good leg up uh, on that QB competition to start next year. Yeah, if if he's the next, if he lives up to the recruiting hype and he's the next yeah. Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, then this could be a game changer for Texas. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Uh, game changer for South Carolina. Spencer Rattler and Austin Stogner are transferring from Oklahoma to the Gamecocks. What, what, what do you guys think about this one? I mean, they desperately needed a quarterback uh, down there, so that's a huge get. And I'll be interesting to see how he does. You don't usually see people transferring, you know, uh, such power five power five like that for oklahoma i mean we saw tanner mordecai have success um uh, at smu but i I like it rattler i think he's he's got obviously a ton of talent um should just walk in and start you would imagine uh down there so it's a good get and obviously the connection with uh, beamer to ou still but should be good yeah big there's there's year two and there's already excitement for south carolina which that alone is a good accomplishment from from beamer absolutely um okay Let's get to part one of our bowl previews. We're going to quickly run through these games. Ryan, you've got our first bowl game here. Uh huh. We got the Bahamas Bowl. This game's being played uh, December 17th, which is a Friday noon Eastern time. We got Middle Tennessee is going up against Toledo. Toledo's favorite 10 right now. Uh, Middle Tennessee's a little unsettled at quarterback. Their original starting QB this year was Chase Cunningham, who was having a good year, but got, got hurt and was out for the year. Now they kind of got two guys, Nick uh, Variatado. No, Variato. God, so bad at saying that name. <laughs> I'm bad at saying the other guy's name too, Mike Delilio. What's up with these QBs, man? God. Uh, anywho, uh, for Toledo, um, <laughs> I know. I just keep it going, Trey. For Toledo, uh, their freshman quarterback, Daquan Finn, he took over the starting job about midway through, and he's been great. 16 touchdowns, one pick, rushed for over 400 yards. Uh, Toledo looks strong down the year, so I'm gonna say, roll with them and say they cover the ten. Okay, next on on Friday as well, Tail Greeter Cure Bowl, Northern Illinois against Coastal Carolina. Chanticleer's favored ten and a half. Uh, Northern Illinois won the MAC, surprising year after going zero and six last year, uh, but they were one of the luckiest teams in college football. Yeah. They were so they were six and two in conference despite an overall scoring differential of one point. They were plus one point uh you know their defense isn't good so i think shamari jones is going to have a big day on the ground for coastal grayson mccall is going to continue his insane efficiency this year and i don't think rocky lombardi and and the huskies will be able to keep up so i'm going to make coastal my lock go shots all right moving on to saturday the 18th we've got the roofclaim.com boca raton bowl uh western kentucky is facing app state app state's favored three and you got two of the best group of five teams they're both coming in losing their conference title game but you know the main reason to watch is bailey zappi led the nation in passing and it's going to be interesting to see because we got a strength on strength matchup app state's defense up against the the hilltopper offense um but I, I'm liking Western Kentucky here. I, I do expect a little bit of a higher scoring game because I don't think App State should have much trouble scoring on that weaker defense. Noel and Peoples should run well. App State is actually 6-0 and in bowl games. But the underdog Hilltoppers, they're going to cover the field goal. I like Zappi over Chase Bryce. 
All righty, we're moving on to the Cricket Celebration Bowl. We got South Carolina State going up against Deion Sanders, Jackson State squad, uh, and Deion's team is favored 10. Um, of course, his son, uh, Shadur Sanders, is the freshman quarterback uh, sensation uh, for that team. At 29 touchdown passes this year to just six picks, over 3,000 yards passing. Not not much of the runner, uh, but just a, a really good passer. Um, Jackson State, uh, they also have one of the best defenses at their level. Only one team scored 20 or more points on them, and that was 21 by Texas Southern, but Jackson State beat them by 20. So um, they're sitting at 11-1 and with their only loss to FBS UL Monroe, which was a close game. They lost by five. Um, so, you know, at South Carolina State, you know, they did win the MEAC, but pretty weak, uh, conf- or a pretty weak conference there. So I think it's a pretty big jump for them. I think uh, Jackson State's going to kind of whoop up on them. So I'm, I'm taking them. Okay, still on Saturday, we've got the PUBG Mobile New Mexico Bowl. UTEP against Fresno State. Fresno State favored 11.5. UTEP not coming in uh, super strong here. Lost four of their last five games. They had a, a really easy schedule, so the, the defensive numbers you know, look pretty good. But against the few def- decent offenses they faced, they didn't have a ton of success well the offenses did uh so i'm gonna go with fresno state uh i know they lost kalen DeBoer, so that's that's a big loss their head coach but keeping jake hayner getting him back from the transfer portal was was huge and you know the best chance for utep in, in this game might be getting explosive plays through the air and they did have one of the best deep threat receivers in the country jacob cowing underrated receiver i think had over 1300 yards so uh not super confident but i'm still trusting fresno all right, moving on to the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Got UAB against BYU. BYU's favored seven. BYU's resume is superior. They're the classier team here. But there's been a lot of talk on the BYU side about how they feel a little bit slighted by the committee not getting a New Year's Six Bowl game. So they might not be overly excited going to Shreveport to face UAB. And UAB, man, they've got a good defensive front. I think they can keep keep the Cougars somewhat in check I mean Algier for BYU he'll still have success but maybe a little bit limited um, and the other reason I'm going to take the points with UAB is because of their rushing attack they've run the ball really well with McBride down the stretch and BYU's been kind of vulnerable there gave up over 200 to a depleted USC team Baylor had over 300 Virginia another 200 so I'm banking on a slightly less motivated BYU squad I'm going to take the Blazers and I'm going to make them my lock all right, I like it. Uh, moving on to the Lending Tree Bowl. This one will be played that Saturday evening. Uh, we got Eastern Michigan uh, going up against Liberty, who's favored nine and a half. Uh, kind of a disappointing seven and five season here for Liberty. Um, they did have some high expectations going into the year. Um, but on the flip side, a good seven and five for, for Eastern Michigan. And I like Eastern Michigan here. Um, they're a solid defensive team. Their quarterback, Ben Bryant, doesn't really make a ton of mistakes. Solid quarterback. And Liberty's offense down the stretch, it kind of disappeared. Uh, they didn't make it to 20 points in any of their final three games. Uh, so that's a bit a bit concerning. Um, so I'm going to take plus nine and a half uh, with Eastern Michigan. Okay. Moving on to the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. A very weird bowl. Utah <laughs> State against Oregon State. Beavers favored seven and a half. And it makes sense that that they're the favorite. They've got a really good offense led by one of the best offensive lines in the country. Almost won a Golden Bro Award. That's right. been incredible for Oregon State. Uh, but I, I like Utah State to keep up with them. Blake Anderson arguably you know, did the best coaching job of anyone in college football this year. They won the Mountain West after going 
one in five last year and his quarterback logan bonner had a big year top receiver devin Tompkins, second in the nation receiving yards so give me the aggies to cover all right we've got the rnl carriers new orleans bowl also on saturday louisiana's favored five against marshall and louisiana they come in they've won 12 in a row they just won the sunbelt championship over app state but of course will be without their head coach billy napier I think there's a few too many points, though, for Louisiana. They might get 13 wins, but I don't think they cover. Marshall, they don't have the best run defense, but they're decent against the pass. Could slow down Levi Lewis. Uh, But to me, overall, the key to the game is turnovers. Marshall has definitely been prone to them. Grant Wells has thrown 12 picks on the year. But when he's good, Marshall looks very good. And not to mention they have Rasheen Ali, who led the nation in touchdowns, uh, rushing touchdowns. I'm going to take the herd to cover here. All right. Uh, moving on here to Monday, uh, December 20th, that is. Uh, those games will be played. Uh, we got the Myrtle, Myrtle Beach Bowl presented by Tax Act. It'll be on Monday afternoon. Why did I say it wrong? <laughs> Tax Act is all over this bowl slate. Oh. They are shelling out the money. Yeah, they are. Um, all right, we got Old Dominion uh, against Tulsa. Tulsa's favored nine and a half. Both of these teams really had to step up late just to make a bowl game. Um, they both finished six and six. But Old Dominion, they were sitting at one and six uh, earlier in the year, so they won their final five to get into this. And Tulsa had to win their last three to get in, and the their last one they had to win at SMU, so that was a, a big win for them. But I'm going to roll with Old Dominion here. The freshman quarterback Hayden Wolf, he really helped spark that offense kind of midway through the year when he took over. Um, and I'm just not impressed with Tulsa's offense, especially their quarterback uh, Davis Brin. He leads the nation in interceptions with 16. Um, so I think uh, Old Dominion's on a roll. They're playing well lately. I think uh, that's, that's it's a tall task for Tulsa to win by more than nine and a half. So Old Dominion, and they are going to be my luck. Okay, Tuesday, December 21st, we've got uh, two bowl games. First one, famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Kent State against Wyoming. Wyoming's favored three. They started out very strong this year, 4-0, including a win on the road against the eventual mac champion northern illinois and a blowout win against last year's mac champion ball state but they ended up going two and six in the mountain west so didn't close the year strong they are a kind of a tough team to to figure out kent state did go six and three in conference but their wins were close their losses were mostly blowouts and the mac is just a a much weaker conference uh than the mountain west mountain west was pretty strong this year so I, I don't really know kind of what to make of either of these teams, so I'll just bet on the strength of, of the Mountain West and go with uh, Wyoming over Dustin Crum and Kent State. Sorry, Dustin Crum. Yep. Yep. All right. The Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl has Texas San Antonio favored two and a half over San Diego State. And UTSA, we've touched on it before. They're one of the better stories this year. Jeff Trailer done a masterful, masterful job building that program. They only had one loss. They won the Conference USA Championship. Frank Harris, their quarterback, has been very efficient. They have a great running back in Sincere McCormick. And defensively, they're, they're better against the run uh, than the pass, which is good going up against this Aztec offense. But I do think that the Aztec defense can really stymie the Roadrunners. They're second in the nation against the run, so they should slow down the the Roadrunner offense. Greg Bell should be able to turn out the yards, and Ariza will be able to pin UTSA deep whenever Mm. they need him to. So I'm going to take the Aztecs as a small underdog. 
All right, moving on to Wednesday, December 22nd, we got uh, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. It's being played uh, on that Wednesday night. Uh, we got Missouri against Army, and Army's favored three and a half against Mizzou. God, I love watching Army play. Uh, Christian Anderson does a good job at quarterback running that option offense. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with them here. Army's defense had a very good year, only gave up 23 and a half points per game. But the two teams that really had success against them were Western Kentucky and Wake Forest. So two teams that had elite passing games gave them trouble. Mizzou's, Mizzou offense does not have that. Basil X, a solid quarterback, but Tyler Beatty is the reason why Mizzou has a solid offense, a really good running back. But I think Army can handle him, slow him down. So I'm going to give the three and a half with Army. Okay, Thursday, December 23rd. This is the last couple games we're going to preview here. The Frisco Football Classic. Oh, this. Oh, when you name something the classic, oh. it just sounds like it's been around forever. It's a staple mm. of the bowl season. Uh, <laughs> North Texas against Miami of Ohio. Miami of Ohio is favored three. And this was the bowl game that they just made up last minute because there were too many, too many bowl eligible teams. Um, and so for Miami of Ohio, they, they, didn't end the season on the best note. They missed a two-point conversion on the last play of the year against Kent State to, to lose the, the MAC East division. So kind of a heartbreaker. Uh, whereas North Texas, they won five straight to, to make a bowl game. They were one and five and had to, to close the season strong. And that, that one and five, they had some some tough games to start the year. So it wasn't, wasn't all bad. Uh, they're coming off of a blowout win over UTSA. So I like North Texas. Seth Luttrell looks like he saved his job. I think DeAndre Torrey on the ground is going to have a big game, and I'll pick the Mean Green to get the cover. Did they only play eleven games? Uh, sorry, they start out one and six. I say one and five. Oh, yeah, even better. Oh. Even better. <laughs> yeah, even better. <laughs> like Old Dominion. Wow, that's crazy. Two teams did that. Yeah. All right. Finally, the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl has UCF against Gasparilla. No. <laughs> UCF versus Florida. Florida's favorite six and a half. Uh, it's kind of about who's playing and not playing this one. Anthony Richardson isn't going to play. Uh, and we, we really don't know how motivated this Gator team will be. Um, they're going to play UCF and, and, and as they transition um, from one coaching regime to another. But Florida, they have beaten Florida Atlantic, UC, USF, and Florida State. So they're going for the fourth Florida school win here. Um, and on UCF side, we don't know if Cap Bryant or Isaiah Bowser are are opting out for UCF. There's a lot of murmurs that they will. And then uh, Florida is also going to be without Zach Carter opting out. So I'm going to go with Emory Jones and the Gators. Not confident with them missing some pieces, but I like how they looked against Florida State at the end of the year. They should be able to have some success on the ground with Pierce. I'm going to lean toward the advantages that they have on both lines, especially since UCF gives up a lot of sacks. Gators will be auditioning for Napier, and I think they'll get the win. Okay, that'll do it for part one of our bowl preview. Uh, this episode's going to come out in the middle of uh, the early signing period, so I'm sure everyone's going to be paying attention to that. We will next week. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that, but we'll have a, a full recruiting recap after the the final national signing day in february but maybe we'll hop on youtube if we have any thoughts be sure you subscribe to our youtube um those episodes kind of come out haphazardly whenever the the mood strikes or whenever there's big news so youtube.com slash college football bros would appreciate your subscription there uh but thanks for listening and we'll see you next time you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast 
email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.